once in a while, there comes to the screen a film of incredible optimism. I am going to teach you to speak just the way I do. Everyone knows that the deaf cannot speak. Yes, I can. A story of personal courage. Do you know what Mr. Moon said? No, what? He said on my birthday when I was five, my eyes were opened. That's real fine, Wesley. Amy, she was a different kind of heroine. Ma. Now you try it. Ma. Amy, daring what no one had tried before. Teach me to hope, teach me to dare, teach me a secret, a secret we share, Amy. Walt Disney Productions proudly presents the motion picture, Amy. Beyond words. Amy, she taught them to speak, they taught her. To love. Welcome, everyone, to a tear-jerking episode of Be Kind Rewind, or as they would call it on the Friday night TGIF, welcome to a very special episode of Be Kind Rewind. This is your ASMR podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I had to do it. Because that's that's the way that all the ASMRs always start, because it's always welcome episode. Oh, wait. You've got to get on ASMR TikTok. No. It's crazy. Like, they have special microphones with things they put on that are textured, and they tap the microphone and, like, make little noises with their mouths, like, and it's, it's so weird. <laughs> oh, God. Like, we- I mean... And we are already off the rails. Okay, so... (laughs) Take it away, Dan. (laughs) But yes, welcome to a very special Be Kind Rewind. This is your Disney Plus movie podcast. I, of course, am joining me all the way from the country. (laughs) And we are back to talk about a movie... That is all up in our field. That is the March the 20th, 1981 movie entitled Amy. This movie did so well at the box office that it has no box office. So I don't know if it was another one of those candle shoe deals where they were trying to get Oscar nods or something like that. But does, don't don't they normally want release those in like November or December? Um, I'm not sure. But I did read that um, it was supposed to be a made-for-TV movie. And um, they felt that it was so impactful that they were like, we got to get this thing in the theater. And it did so well in the theater that we don't even know how much. So it made $4.7 gazillion. And that is why Ronda Santos is trying to shut down. Trying to shut down. Oh, Dan. Yes. That's, that's a sticky subject. Are you sure you want to go there? I'm just going to leave it out there and let the public come at me. So, <laughs> I'm just going to let that hang just like the plot of this movie, which goes a little something like this, which is, comes to us, as always, from Wikipedia. In 1913, Amy Bedford leaves her possessive, wealthy husband to begin a new life teaching speech to deaf students in a rural Appalachian mountain at a school for blind and deaf children. Though encountering resistance from those who question whether it's even possible to teach speech to children with hearing impairments, Amy becomes close to the staff and children, building a new life for herself and and gaining the personal strength she needs to find to stand up to her domineering husband who is not content to let her live her own life. The end. Okay, so this concludes this episode. Yeah, it's nice and concise. Nice and concise. Um, well, I did not know what to expect with this movie because I never heard of it. Um, and I fell asleep the first time I tried to watch it. 
uh, within ten minutes. Nine I, minutes and fourteen seconds. I think your your screen grab showed. Yeah, that's when uh, my daughter paused it. I was asleep before that. Um, <laughs> so maybe it was just that day. Uh, maybe I was just tired that day. But like, I think that initially, like the song that plays, because we get a cold open. Mm-hmm. Which, like, I, I appreciate those, especially because those songs that they put at the beginning of Disney movies sometimes aren't great. Um, so I was glad to have a cold open, but then it did play a song, and the song I hated, and it put me to sleep. Um, so I had pretty low expectations, especially after that first encounter. But um, uh, for the most part, I enjoyed this once I got started you enjoyed it more or less yeah okay i am so yeah that you're 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 hearing how hard it is for me to form how i feel about because to peel the curtain back on my life i started teaching about nine months ago and although i don't deal well my School that school year that just ended, I didn't actually deal with any special needs children. I guess that would be what you would call these children nowadays. The school, the the class that I was in, didn't deal with any of them. But I have been told that going into the new year, there will be some special needs children in my upcoming class. So just the way that. The one teacher in particular, and I think you know which one I'm talking about, dealt with the students, even though she was one that was loved by the students. The way that she came across hurt. It it, it was like she didn't think that they were able to do anything on their own, and therefore they didn't really need to try to do anything. Are you ta- You're talking about uh, Malvina? Yes. God. So, um, yeah, I had to remind myself multiple times throughout this movie that it was set in the early 1900s um, because I kept thinking, like, the attitude of a lot of people through this through this movie was, like, the deaf children should be kept separate from everyone else. And deaf people um, in general should just they need to stick to their own kind this like othering of a community of disabled people and um i mean we think about these things differently now and we talk about them different differently now um so that really struck me and then i had to like remind myself okay this movie was made in the 80s and it's set over 100 years ago now to us so um and it was set in the appalachian mountains yeah, so they're a little. Uh, well, I don't want to offend anyone, but the I think the idea, especially as we encounter a couple of characters later on, is that they're um, not educated. Yeah. To put it gently, um, a little backwards, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to think. Oh, it's it's so backwards to think that these like. This community of disabled people needs to be kept separate from the general population. Um, Like that in itself is backwards. Yeah. And so the cold open basically shows her drop or shows a woman. We don't find out until later on that it is her dropping her wedding band with a note on a chest of drawers bureau something like that and then she just walks out yeah it's a beautiful home yeah and so the next thing that we see is her just pulling up in front of this school and it is a school for the deaf and blind student and for the most part the blind kept to themselves and the deaf students kept to themselves with the exception of one student that we don't know why but we find out later on that his mom was blind and so he wanted to learn how to speak so that way she could hear his voice Mm -hmm. and he's a deaf student and he 
They had been taught ASL, which I had to look up when ASL was actually started, and it's like late 1870, somewhere around there. So that part of the movie was legit. It wasn't shoehorned in just to make it work. Yeah. um, It's really like in the early stages of society, like integrating deaf and blind people into regular society Mm -hmm. and just keeping them kind of hidden away, even while they're still kind of hidden away here. Yeah. Yeah, because because they these students are so far away that they don't have a doctor, and they don't have funds for a doctor, which is which is where my blood started percolating a little bit. Because I'm like, if you have a school for deaf and blind students, the last thing that you need is to not have someone on site or within easy access which i don't think cars were actually readily the doctor shows up in a nice car but it seems like everybody and the kids were so excited to actually see a car Mm -hmm. because everybody was still traveling around in horse and buggy in that area but you don't and i mean i guess this is the 21st century way of thinking that if you have a if you have a school you have either a nurse or a or a doctor on site that can take care of them so that way if something does happen which things happen kids are kids yeah and you get kids that from the very beginning are eating green apples and don't want to tell anybody that that's why they feel like their appendix is about to burst i didn't even know that was a thing like if that's real i didn't know it well i think it's because i think they were eating um unripe because I think I think it was a blind child that that was eating the, so he didn't realize that it wasn't a ripe red app. I think I could be wrong. Yeah, that makes sense though. Um, so Amy is there as like they call this a couple different things. Um, she's like a speech teacher. Mm-hmm. At one point, they call it something else. Um, of course my little mind can't think of the word that i want i want to say enunciation but i know that's wrong (laughs) um but yeah she's she's going to help the students learn how to use their voice how to vocalize words Mm -hmm. um it's never occurred to me until this that like they have to learn that um because as a person who is not disabled like that just comes naturally Mm -hmm. um but I don't know. This this film in general made me appreciate um, what deaf people have to, like, overcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I mean, I know there are still prejudices because, I mean, we're human. It happened. But what was her name? Melvina? Melvina? Whatever. Um, the way that she came across through 87% of this movie... She didn't want she didn't want the kids to learn. She wanted for them to just be able to to sign, and that's all that they really needed to do. Articulation was the word I was trying to think of. They call it like the articulation program or something. That she's yeah. going to help them learn how to use their voices. Um, so yeah, Malvina Dodd is like just super like hostile to her and mean and. Uh, like it's, it seems like she's almost sabotaging her mm-hmm. just by like being so unhelpful. Um, my notes through the first little bit are kind of spotty and not great, but um, I thought it was so sweet when Amy, who does not know sign language, is kind of being shown around and they give like one of the students assigns her a sign name, mm-hmm. which is you make the letter A with your hand and touch it to your mouth. A on the lips. Um, I thought that was so cute. And I read that was supposed to be the original title of the movie. Which a I, like, on the lips. Yeah. Either A or Amy on the lips. I'm glad they changed it <laughs> because without the context, that seems weird. Um, so she, but- she starts she starts meeting the students and one kid is is taken to her from the split 
that or the moment that he sees her. Yeah. And he's the only one that actually interacts with the blind people. And once again, we find out later on it's because his mom's blind. Yeah, and, he's like close to them because of that. And he's actually the one that took her to go get her sign name. And he's like, well, yeah. She will be aiming our A on the lips to everybody, but for me, she's going to be a beautiful fate. Oh, Lord, I don't like where this is going. Uh, he has a little crush. Yeah. He's so sweet, though. Like, I loved that character. What's his name? Henry? Yes, Henry. Um, I just, I mean, we get the most from him compared to the other children in the movie. Um, He was just so good. Uh, I... I read that like all of the kids except for um, like Mervin or Marvin or whatever, like all the other students at the school were actually from a school for the deaf and blind in hmm. California. Um, so it like, wasn't actually filmed in the Appalachian Mountains. Of course. Um, <laughs> you just blew and my mind. That like almost all of the like principal cast had ties to the deaf community in one way or another, like either their parents or friends or someone that they were connected to was deaf. So um, I thought that was kind of cool. It was important for them to like, they wanted to be part of because of that. Uh, I thought some of this is a little melodramatic. The whole husband part of it yeah, the, the domineering husband who keeps rearing his head throughout the movie, and we come to find out the the real reason why she leaves is because her son had died. He was deaf, and so she lies on her application to get this job, and we find out about that later on in, in the movie, and... Because she said that she had worked for the Horace Mann School, which is a one of the earliest public education systems in Massachusetts. And I actually learned that through one of my master's classes that I'm taking. So I'm like, ooh, the Horace Mann School, I actually know what that is. And then, yeah, I'm going to lie about it on my applications. That way it looks good. Yeah. But uh, I guess this was before you could call somebody up on the phone and, and verify that Oh yes, does Amy Met did Amy Medford work for you from the spring of two thousand till blah 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 blah? But yeah, it seems like they didn't even like bother to write a letter to confirm any of it. Yeah. She just faked it. Um, she had good intentions, and I thought the reasons that she wanted to leave her husband were pretty valid. I mean, yeah. he was cruel and emotionally abusive, and um, I don't know, I guess it's up to the listener to decide or to know how they feel about divorce, but, um, it just seemed like, well, this could, this could turn into a more abusive situation future. I don't, I, I don't know. I didn't find any fault with, with the reasons that she wanted to get away from that. Well, and uh, she actually said that marriage doesn't always take away the lonely. Yeah. Which... And uh i i wrote down like as she's i can't remember i think it's when she's talking to the other teacher like helen or something mm -hmm. um, she says she was always apologizing i was always always apologizing for things i wanted um so it sounded like a pretty terrible existence especially mm -hmm. after the loss of her son and how he was so cruel about that um yeah. i wished that we could have had the movie without that. Like, oh, she leaves the husband, and then we never, like, he's not a part of the rest of the movie. Until the very end where she says, hey, I'm happy here, leave me alone, don't bother me. Yeah. I, like, I wish that we wouldn't have had him at all. Like, I know why they put it there, but I could have done without it. Yeah. It was a fine movie, with just the school stuff. Yeah. Um, with the exception she, of Melvina. But. Yeah. Well, yeah, there were a couple other things. I guess we've kind of skipped around a little. But, like, she, you know, gets into this program. And it's, like, kind of, like, is it going to work? No one really seems to know. Mm. Uh, there's a, some doubt. But they're, like, the. 
I really liked the principal or the dean or whatever he is. Um, his character was just so kind, and he seemed really invested in um, what she was trying to do. So I liked I liked how supportive he was. And then we do start to see some success. She has like. You just have to assume that it's working out well with the other students because we really only get Henry's success story, Mm -hmm. I guess, because it would be too much to try to dive into all of these children's stories. But we mostly see success with Henry Mm -hmm. portrayed and um, he actually starts speaking. Yeah. Yeah, and while we're seeing this, we're seeing the dean having to defend the actual dean, principal, whatever his head of school, whatever his official title is. He has to defend his decision to have the articulation to the board of directors. Yeah, it's like they want to defund it, just cut it off. And of course, Melvina, Melvina, whatever her name is, she's the most outspoken opponent of this because she just wants for the kids to be able to continue with ASL and the head of the board of directors is like we'll have her write all this up and send it in Mm -hmm. and so Henry starts making progress we have a little bit of a miracle worker vibe between him and Amy and I mean we're we see him actually say his first word. And then the next thing that we know, we're outside the board of directors because they're getting ready to totally shut down the the class. Mm-hmm. And Amy finds out about this and brings Henry on up. And Henry's scared of everybody. And honestly, I mean, why wouldn't you be if you've only dealt with her and suddenly you're in front of a bunch of men that are trying to yell you down? Yeah, they look so, like, I mean, he can't hear them, obviously, but they look so menacing and mm. angry. Um, but I loved, like, how he defended the program, and um, then they're like, oh, my gosh, like, it really worked. Yeah. Um, so I, this is kind of skipping ahead a little, um, and there's another little side plot we'll get into, I guess. But, like, Malvina's just hostile through all of it until Henry's parents come to visit. Mm-hmm. That which they've never done before. Um, it's like a big day for him. And they pull him out of class because his parents are there. And uh, it's Malvina who's walking him to whatever room they're in. And he asks her to help him say mother so that he can say it to his mom. And they've never... This is... Yeah, this got me so much. Like, this is the part where I texted you. Um, I did not expect to cry. I didn't even see it coming. So Malvina, like, she puts his hand to her face or whatever and, like, says mother so that he remembers. Or, like, I think Mm -hmm. he just needs, like, a boost in confidence. And so he walks in and his blind mother, who he's never been able to communicate with, hears him say mother. And I didn't, like, stop. I didn't like cry, 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 but I had a couple little tears. I was like, oh, that's so precious. And um, I had to pause for a minute and get up and do something else. Because if I start to cry, like I knew if I started, I wouldn't stop. No, I I straight up ugly cried when, when that happened. Because, I mean, and, and, and I'm getting ready to start right now. That's how. That's and when I was describing it to Grace and she's like, You're getting teary eyed describing it to me. I was like, Well, yeah, because it's if you've never heard your son's voice and I mean it it's it's like the videos on TikTok or Instagram or whatever where it's like a a mother or a son that has never seen or heard his mother and then all of a sudden there she is talking to him. It just it 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 got me and I was like I and then suddenly Melvina's all happy and excited, and I'm just like, no, that 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 that's not your character. You can't be happy for him if 38 seconds earlier you didn't want for anybody to be able to speak that was not like you. Yeah, she like, it's like she had to see that and have that moment to really see the impact and why Amy, what Amy was trying to do, is so important. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I was glad that she came around. Later on, we see her kind of defend Amy. We've skipped some pretty big chunks here, but like a student dies, like a, a young student dies because he's very sick, and Amy leaves. <sighs> um, she's got like there's you mentioned there's not a doctor like nearby, but um, when someone gets hurt or something, like doctor, what's his name? Barry Newsom. What's his name? Corcoran? Is Dr. Name? McSteamy. Yeah, we could just call him McSteamy, but he wasn't that steamy to me. Ben Corcoran. Um, Barry Newman. <laughs> so Dr. Ben comes around. Like, they instantly have some chemistry, yeah. and it just is like... I, like I know there's probably like people who would be uncomfortable like cause, oh she's married um and she's got this budding romance but I really liked that it wasn't instantaneous mm-hmm. it was like a nice slow burn romance that goes through the whole movie nothing like really inappropriate happens except you know she, like she's falling in love with the doctor when she has a husband that she's left uh I was a little surprised that they would throw that into a Disney movie, but, um, you know, I guess it happened in real life sometimes too. I really loved the chemistry between those two. Um, and when like, that's where I think a lot of the fun stuff in this movie came from was just like them being playful together. Um, he just keeps showing up at the school to do different things. And they were so cute. And when he, he's like, he teaches her how to drive. He's like, all modern women need to learn how to drive. Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you on that because actually I had every modern woman needs to know how to drive, and so the next thing that you see is her driving through a fence, and he's like, pretty good. <laughs> and then they get out of the car and they go run off and they profess their undying love to each other while they're trespassing on somebody's farm. That this is rural North Carolina, Virginia, West Virginia, somewhere in that area that can get you shot. It looked like a pretty rich farm, though. I mean, that's a nice fence. <laughs> that was a nice fence that you just ran through. <laughs> nice fence. They got money. <laughs> but yeah, and, and and then the next thing you know, he's trying to like board the board the fence up so that way whatever's in there doesn't get out. Yeah. But meanwhile, there's no telling what got out while y'all two are running off and all through the farmland. They were just so cute. I like. I loved every bit of it. Um, it it made me happy to like. I don't know. They were just good together. Um, he dresses up as Santa Claus at Christmas, and uh, just I loved it. Um, let's yeah. see. So, so let, all right, so once Henry starts showing that he can talk, we have a troublemaker that, well, he showed up a little bit earlier, but he didn't really rear his head, but you knew that he was going to be trouble. Are you talking about Elliot? Is that the... Or the new student? No, the, I guess it's Elliot. Elliot is the one that's kind of a bully throughout the whole movie. Yeah, and so he keeps picking at Henry, and then the new student shows up, and he translates that picking to the new student. Mm-hmm. And the new student is 19 years old, which is older than any student in the school. But the dean of school, head of students, whatever you want to call him, says, because he had talked to his parents, and he said, well, she, she, he'd never hurt anybody. And so they take him on a provisional basis for that. Yeah, they're like, it seems like they're hesitant, but he's also just like, I can't turn him away. Like, he needs this. Yeah, and so... <laughs> Follow the rule or whatever. And so they, they let him in, and he starts learning, and Elliot keeps picking at him, keeps picking at Henry. Mm-hmm. And it bubbles to a head at the Christmas party after every student has learned to say a word and they all say a word and it's all so sweet. And then Santa comes in and gives, starts giving out presents. And the new student gives Henry a snake that he has carved. And Troublemaker sees a snake 
grabs it, steps on it, smashes it to bits. And then I hate to say it, but he had it coming to him because he had been picking at him the entire movie. Yeah, he just was mean for no reason. I, like, I, I, I hated this kid. Um, he And he did deserve to get clocked like that. But then, you know, Mervyn knows... Mm-hmm. Because part of the deal was like he's not going to hurt anybody, he's not a threat at all, and he instantly knows like, oh no, I'm going to be in the most trouble for this. Yeah. But so this is like one of the problems I had with this movie um, was that like they just keep letting Elliot like they they're aware of it because it happens multiple times mm-hmm. before it, and no one deals with him. They just keep letting him be a bully. Um. Even though they're fully aware that he's the instigator. So, um, yeah. yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, if if you know that a kid is a troublemaker, wouldn't, I mean, wouldn't you put him in a special class by himself or have him be getting individualized teachings so that way he's not interacting with anybody else? Or would you just continue to let it continue to happen? Well, I think like you, it's either that or you're like, listen, these are the rules, buddy. If you can't follow it, you, mm-hmm. you, you have to go home. Like I can't, it bothered me. There's no explanation for it. Like it's just all kind of brushed under the rug. The movie never even addresses it, that he was the aggressor constantly. Mm-hmm. So I, like we see it as viewers, but it's never like dealt with at all. And I had a problem with that, like, big time, especially as, like, a rules person that I was just, why is no one doing this? And as a result, Marvin, scared, Mervin, I I don't remember. Marvin, Marvin. Marvin with an E. The the Uh, new kid. He, like, he runs off because he knows he's in trouble. Yeah. Henry follows him because that's his friend. And they know, like, oh, it's the middle of the night, it's Christmas Eve or Christmas night, who knows. And everyone knows, like, this is bad, especially if they get to the railroad tracks, they won't hear the train. And then, of course, M- Mervyn is, doesn't hear the train and is hit by it. Yeah. Uh, it's None of it's his fault. Like, it was such a sad moment. Like, I just hated that for that character. Um, and it was so unfair. And and for Henry to have witnessed it. But that, with all of that, like, it seems like everybody moves on kind of quickly. Yeah. And then Elliot's still around. Yeah. And you, and you would have thought that would have been the final stroke. Well, because of what you did. Yeah, he hit you, but now he's no longer with us. And you got, unless that was his punishment, the fact that you caused him to die. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like people like Elliot don't care. Like, I bet he wasn't that affected. And, and, like, that's how it is in my mind anyways. But, like, in the middle of all of that chaos, uh, Mr. Medford shows... Wait, you know what? Yeah, Mr. Medford shows up, says, you're coming home with me. And she's like, well, no, because I got to go find Henry and Mervyn and go figure out what's going on with them. And then she just takes off. And he's like, "But, but I told you you're coming home. Yeah. So, pause for one moment. I just realized, because I glanced over at my notes, the husband's name is Elliot. The kid who's the bully, I don't know his name. I just saw (laughs) Elliot and was like, oh, yeah, that's his name. No. Like, the whole last, like, ten minutes of us talking, I've been calling that kid the wrong name. Elliot is the husband. Uh, He can just be Mr. Medford, I guess. So, he shows up and is like, you're coming home with me. They have this big argument does this all happen on the same night or is there like yeah. some time that passes no, it's yeah, every, all... everything happens on the same night yeah so it's christmas and man i didn't like the time of this didn't register in my mind um but yeah he's like demanding that she's gonna come home actually i think it's the next morning maybe that he's like no it's still nighttime he's like you're coming with me and you belong to me but first he tries to be sweet and persuade her like I'll do whatever you want we can have another baby and she's like I have already like processed this and I'm done I'm out 
and then the the movie ends with Amy say he's like you belong with you belong to me and she says I belong to myself and that's all it takes for him to finally just be like well okay he leaves her stuff at the bottom of the stairs and she goes upstairs and that's that the end we made it through the movie um well i mean we we glanced over a couple of things and i'm 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 looking through the cast trying to find troublemaker's name because i mean it's it's these most of these people didn't have movie careers after after this movie unfortunately yeah i know so it's like you can't really find anything on there um the you said that the you said that things pretty much got swept under swept under the rug after Marvin died. But Mr. Medford brings his wife because they they have to identify the body obviously mm-hmm. and take Marvin on home. And in the middle of all this, Henry starts talking and then Marvin's mom goes and grabs this little girl and says, you you take care of her. Yeah, she's like lost her son. And her first action is to be like, here's my daughter. She can't hear either. Here she comes to school. I'll teach her to talk. There's no like formal intake of her. Yes. And, and, and what is her name? And when was she born? And what's her social security number? And do we contact you if something happens to her? When and she runs seems, off after, it seems after like, this kid gets gets on to Henry again. When they drop um Mervin off, it's just like, well, we just came out of the woods and here's our son. Um and then the dad like disappears back into the wood. Like that that whole thing like there's it's not really a plot hole, but it's like this didn't make sense. Yeah. And she's lost her son and so she's like, I mean, they played the devastation well here, I guess. Her first reaction is to be like, well, take my daughter. It was, that part of the movie didn't make any sense. It was like they were, I mean, they were already at the end of the movie too. So it was like, are y'all just trying to like get as much crammed into this last 10 minutes as possible? Yeah. She said, you take her and you make her talk. That was actually my last note on this movie. And I'm just like, um, but your son hasn't even been put into your into your cart to be wheeled off and you're already adding somebody else to replace him so I mean I guess you paid for the schooling so that's why you're trying to I don't know it was weird like he's Mervin is still like fresh on the side of the railroad tracks yeah and with with the, like, with, the, with the blanket over him or whatever and yeah yeah uh, also like oh the way they portray these parents, like, I know what they're trying to do, because, like, they're woods people, I guess. Like, they just came out of the woods for the first time in forever, I guess. And so they're, like, we hear everybody else speaking normally, but these two parents are, like, the biggest hicks in the entire world. And, like, when they're trying to explain, like, Henry's Henry is speaking to the mother, like, Telling her basically, like, I was his friend. Like, he was my friend. And she's like, he's Deef? Is he Deef? And then she brings the little girl Pearl out. And she's like, she ain't heard nothing her whole life. And, like, that, I guess it's the early 1900s. So maybe they did talk like that. But, like, the pronunciation of Deef and heard made me want to throw something. Like, why are we making these people sound this way? But I don't know, especially like contrasted with Jenny Agutters, who is uh, British and has such a beautiful voice throughout this movie. So I'm 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 going to end this on a little bit brighter note, if we if we can. Sure. One thing that we completely glossed over is the fact that Henry wanted to play football. Oh yeah, I forgot about the football scene. That. I, I loved it because they were, I was, see, because they're actually, there's a school for the, for the deaf up in Virginia called Gallaudet. Mm-hmm. Or it might be Maryland, Virginia, Maryland, somewhere up in that area. I'm sorry. For, I'm sorry to my listeners in that area 
even though I grew up there, I get things confused. But they have a very good hearing-impaired football team. And so when the kids start learning how to play football, and Henry, of course, is the star. Henry and Mervyn are the two stars, except Mervyn always wants to run up to Amy and give her the football, which kind of causes a problem at the beginning of the movie or at the beginning of the football sequences, but she figured out how to work around that. And, of course, since he's a 19-year-old boy, he's a little bit harder to bring down than most students. Mm -hmm. And so they win the football game. And this is actually what tells Mr. Medford where Amy lives because somehow they took a picture of her standing in the end zone with the kids or something like that. Yeah. She's in the photo, and he's got a private investigator that comes across him. But my question, if you watch that back, when they're actually playing the townsfolk that can speak, the townsfolk that can speak are wearing helmets. Why don't the people that cannot hear have helmets, too? Yeah, I wondered if that was, like, just, like, disparity between the different schools or whatever. Yeah. Um, inequality, I guess. Oh, yeah. same. I, I did love the football scene because they were all so happy. It, like, that was such a happy moment. And especially, like, it's, like, almost exactly halfway through the movie, which is, like, there's a lot of um, dramatic things and sadness and hard stuff. So to have that right in the middle was perfect. Mm-hmm. Um. And I had I had one other thing that kind of made me laugh when the somebody mentioned something about the weekend and one of the kids was like, "What was the weekend?" And they're like, "The weekend is where we have fried chicken." Oh, I didn't see that. And so I'm just like, okay, so good stuff. I need to add that to my routine. Weekend is for mm-hmm. fried chicken. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I just I. I didn't expect to enjoy this movie. I think I said that at the top. Um, I did hate the credit song. It plays again at the end. Like, way to end this on a super bummer note. Like, literally. Um, But once I was into this movie, I was so into it. I I don't think I'll watch it again. Unless Keaton comes, which I doubt. Yeah, considering she stopped at 9 minutes and 14 seconds in. Or well, she was in the room. She just walked in and saw me asleep and paused it for me because she's asleep. But, oh, uh, I, 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 thought, I thought she was sitting there with you. And she's like, well, Mom no. needs to watch this. So I'll pause it and I will wait for her to watch it again with me. No, she's probably like in a like YouTube food video rabbit hole. That's what she's liking lately. But... um. Yeah, I once I got into this, I was so into it, and I enjoyed almost every moment of it. Um, I just, I don't know. It was it was better than I expected, and then knowing like the backstory with like the children who appear in the movie made it even better. Um, I loved the character of Amy. I loved Jenny Gutter as Amy. It was just, it was really good. And actually, this movie would pass the Bechdel test. I just thought about that. Yeah, it's Very got... Very forward-thinking, Disney. Congratulations. Yeah, well, it was pretty forward in general, and then they yeah. have, like, such a strong character, and, like, the women in this movie support each other. They really don't even talk about men to each other, except, like, when she one time addresses her marriage and then the rest they're pretty much just talking about students which i don't think is the same thing so yeah this is this is good um i had almost no expectations because i didn't know but like after like some of the things we've watched lately um this was so refreshing even if it's a drama and there wasn't a ton of comic relief um mm-hmm. it just it was good. I really enjoyed it. I didn't expect to. I mean, I'm with you. I probably will n- never watch this again unless I just need to get all up in my feels. Mm-hmm. 
But there are other movies that I can watch that will get me in my feels just as quickly. And one of them is actually our next movie that we will be discussing. But we'll break that down in a couple of minutes. Um, We'll go ahead and get into the three questions, which pretty much we already know the answers to. How does... How is this... What is today's impact on this movie? Obviously, we know it was set in the 1900s, which is why... There was such a disparity in the way that people with disabilities were handled. Yeah. And the fact that they were put in their own little area and didn't need to go outside of their little area. And it was even said when they started talking about the football game, oh, well, are you sure that you want your people mixing with our people? Like, it was contagious that if somebody that was deaf touched a hearing person they were going to lose their hearing yeah i just if if they tried to make this again they wouldn't really have to change anything yeah um because it's a period piece but it just makes me appreciate like the way that things are different mm-hmm for disabled people now. I mean, there's still like, we have a long way to go really, but um, just the fact that we're not like trying to hide them away mm-hmm. um, that, because it, man, they have so many rich stories and like, I guess this would be like, I don't know. This might be skipping ahead to, is this mirrored in culture? Like this movie specifically? No, but there's so much art and like, and, movies even one that won an oscar recently coda which i have not seen that um features deaf characters and deaf actors Mm -hmm. and so i'm just we've come so far we still have so far to go but this made me appreciate it and one of my favorite tv shows that is no longer on is switched at birth where like one whole side of the story is the fact that one of the girls is hearing impaired and like her friends are all that way and then come to find out that she was actually switched at birth hence the name of the show (laughs) with a hearing person that actually should have been raised by the people that are hearing impaired and it was i mean just the difference in the way that that was that it's presented now and then, I mean, it's still, there's still stereotypes and there's still, I hate to say it, but people don't understand what you go through. And I'm, I'm a hearing person, so I can't make the assumption as to what it's supposed to be like. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's, I can't imagine what it would be like growing up like that and having to deal with with that especially when you're ostracized and things like that mm-hmm. so it today's impact is things have changed but there's still some things that need to be changed to get you to where you need to be. um is this period in culture not really because i mean none of us really live in the appalachian mountains in the 1900s and what is today's impact on this I mean, we've pretty much covered that. We we understand a little bit more about what it means to be hearing impaired, and we treat them differently but try to incorporate them into the world so that way they don't miss out on the things that, they're, that they can't hear, yeah. which is part of the reason why there is close. Yeah, which... I, I like how this like kind of exposed those like old attitudes i mean because you know i'm turning 40 this year and it's still come quite a ways in my lifetime Mm -hmm. i think it's like i i like having that exposure to like this is how it was Mm -hmm. um it's it's good to be exposed to those like old ways of thinking and how much better things are now well, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, if I want to get into movies that get me in the feels, this next movie will definitely do it. It is The Fox and the Hound, which may be on par with Old Yeller as a movie that 
will make you cry every time that you see it, even if you don't have a heart. I'm not ready. I haven't seen it in a long time, and I'm I'm just not ready. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's I'm I'm already I'm, I'm already starting to prepare myself for it because I've watched it several times and never made it the entire way without crying. So I'm sorry, my 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 listeners, especially you new listeners in Norway, who we actually we have at least one listener in Norway that has been has been downloading 20 plus episodes of our podcast. So he's going back. He she the unicorn is going back into the into the pantheon of 2021-2022. So we're going to go ahead and prepare you for this. This is a tough one for both of us. So you may hear us start to sniffle as we start to talk about it. <sighs> but as is always the case, until we speak again, stay safe, stay hungry, and watch out for them modern women that need to know how to drive. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'll talk to y'all next week. <laughs> Thank you for listening. You can send us feedback at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. We welcome any kind of feedback, and it might get read on the air in a future podcast. Once again, the email address is BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. If you have a moment, please rate and review our podcast on whatever streaming service you are listening to us on. This and word of mouth are the two ways to help us reach a larger audience. Thank you in advance for doing this. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Goodbye. Do you want to do worst five or top five first? Um, I think we should do worst first. Okay. Worst first. Worst first.